Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, they have power. Okay, no problem. But they do not have media right power. You heard? Congratulations, Naz. First of all, the question everybody wants to know the answer to, why was this such an ugly fight? Yeah, that's true. I've got, I've got earth-devastating power, like, I'm heading beyond this earth, like, my power crush old feelings, crush old world. What are you feeling right now? Welcome to another episode of Tough Talk Tuesday. As always, I'm your host, Lucas Biggers. Alongside me would be Jules and Rob. What's going on, guys? Hey, what's up, guys? That looks like Jules dropped off there. <clears throat> All right, let's get this show started. Um going to go ahead and reach out. Our special guest tonight will be Bermain Stefan. Um, However, I do have to still reach out to get a hold of him, so let's take a look here. Hello? Hello? Jules, are you? Yeah, that's me. Can you hear me, Luke? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Let's, uh, I want to have you guys go ahead and get started. Uh, I want you to talk amongst yourselves about Danny Garcia possibly facing Brandon Rios while I get uh, Bermain on the line. All right. This is Syrian, isn't it? Or is it? Jules. No, no, Rob, it's me. It's Jules. Oh, Jules, okay. It's been a while since I heard your voice, my man. I know, brother. I know. I know. Long time. Long time. Yeah, same here. Danny Garcia versus Brandon Rios, huh? Well, at least it'd be an entertaining fight, right? Um, that's the thing. I don't know. I I think with with Brandon, you know... No matter what we're going to say about Garcia, Garcia, Garcia could fight. And Brandon has taken so you know he, he's taken a lot of punishment in his career. And, and if you really think about it, Danny Garcia hasn't taken as much punishment as Rios has. If that makes any sense. So I, I really don't know. I, I don't think that this is a fight that, in my opinion, Brandon can win. I do see it entertaining, but. I feel that after a while, I think Garcia will just break him down. I don't see a knockout, but I, I definitely see, um, you know, him really, you know, put, putting a lesson on Rios because Rios comes straight ahead. And, you know, that's tailor-made for someone like Garcia. As we saw with his fight, you know, particularly with Thurman, he seems to have a bit of a, tr- a trouble with movement. I mean, you know, Bert Rios is not that type of fighter. So, I mean, entertaining, I think it'll be entertaining for the first, like, half of the fight. And then after a while, I think I got to go with, you know, Garcia just dominating. All right, guys. Don't mean to cut you off there. No problem. 
Burn on the line now. Um, welcome to the show, Bermain. You landed a rematch with Deontay Wilder, who took your heavyweight title back in 2015. You must be pumped for this chance at some payback. Yes, it's all about uh, the payback. Uh, it's all about getting my title back. And, um, you know, that's, just, uh, that's uh, I've been waiting for so long. Uh, even though I decided to uh, my wheel uh, a couple months ago and decided to uh, step uh, step aside. And, um, you know, uh, I, I thought it was the best decision to, to do. But, you know, uh, uh, my number one decision was choice uh, was to fight him. Uh, but I decided to uh, step aside and it worked out. It worked out for me uh, in my best interest that the situation happened with uh, um, these autos. Definitely, yeah. Uh, in that first fight, you did find some real success with that big left hook of your. Will that be vital in you pulling out the victory this time around? Excuse me? Uh, in the first fight, you found some real success landing that big left hook of your. Will that be yes. vital in you pulling out the victory this time around? I mean, we worked on, 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 on a bunch of a bunch of things, uh, not just on the left hook, but we got multiple uh, ways to uh, get, you know, get the job done. And um, I'm uh, very uh, hyped about it, and uh, I can't wait to uh, display uh, display the the the, the uh, what we're working on. Mm-hmm. Now you uh you're actually one uh, the one and only person to survive Wilder on your feet. Um I know you you know you were sick. Um he broke his hand. Um so you guys definitely weren't at your, you know, peaks. Um with you being your your only person that uh finished the fight on your feet, how would you rate Wilder's power? Is he the strongest that you faced? No, not at all. Physically, no. Uh, probably the. I'm not just saying that because I lost title, but he's very, very, very weak when it comes to uh, physically. Um, power, he has power, but it's not what people think it is. Obviously, he could not, any, you know, anybody out, but it's not. Uh, I think I proved that that night, uh, even on my on, on my worst night, uh, being sick and being able to uh, absorb the shots from. Uh, 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 from him, so it's not, it's not, um, like I said, it's not what, you know, uh, people think. Uh, I think, uh, uh, I remember the first, uh, fight with Ariola in the ninth round, and the second one in the third round, uh, I got buzzed, uh, way, way worse by, uh, Chris Ariola than, uh, um, Wilder, uh, did. Oh, well, okay. And the, uh, in the second half of, of the first fight with you guys, it seemed that he was moving a lot more and fighting a lot, backing up. And, you know, you kind of had some problems getting past that long jab. Uh, do you have any plans to kind of get around that this time without I mean, giving away your whole strategy? Not, I wouldn't say it, it was him keeping me uh, distance. Uh, it was me uh, fighting on the outside and not be able to, you know, let my hands go and, and, my, and my legs. You know, due to uh, the situation I had at the time, um, you know, the dehydration uh, was very severe, and uh, 
I mean, right now we have everything. We're doing everything and uh, inspiring, you know. Um, I'm pretty much ready. And I know exactly what to do and how to do it. And I can't wait to uh, apply, you know, what, uh, what we're working on right now. Mm-hmm. Do you have a couple more writers also on the line with me here? I'm going to pass you along. Uh, Jules, whenever you're ready. Absolutely. First and foremost, Domain, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. It's greatly appreciated. You're welcome. No problem. I, I want to talk to you about um, Wilder versus uh, Washington. Um, you know, did you did you watch right. that fight? And if you did, what, what, did. what did you feel I did. about? I, what did I, you actually? Feel? That's the only fight I, I, I uh, only fight I watch. Uh, so, I mean, Washington was doing a tremendous, tremendous job. Um, to me, I he was uh, uh, um, boxing him using his jab, and uh, got caught with a with a right hand. And uh, I, I just think that Washington, you know, uh, it was a lack of uh, experience. You know, if you just had a uh, be a little more experience, and maybe I, I think that he could have, he could have went, you know, another round. You know, the rest it was a, a quick stoppage, but you know, but it was also good right hand. So, you know, but before the right hand, uh, Washington was doing everything, everything uh, 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 that he was supposed to do. And and to my second point. Obviously, you've been in the ring with Wilder already, but after watching the Washington fight, do you feel that there are certain things that you can expose uh, the second time around uh, to get the victory? Most definitely, you know. Um, to be honest, um, since he fought me, he hasn't done anything spectacular or or got better, you know. And that's the reason why they, they, that's the reason why uh, I did not want to take a, a two minute fight. Because I've been in the ring for this with this man for twelve rounds, I know exactly how he boxed. And like I said, he hasn't changed anything. You know, um, you know, I, I always, I believe, we all believe that, uh, uh, um, you know, the, the the way that we are uh, getting ready right now is, is the proper way, and is 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 basically is basically. Uh, uh, um, you know, uh, it's basic boxing, pretty much. You know, it's, it's uh, probably he's a, probably a fighter that's that's effective with his jab maybe the first three four three four rounds, and that's about it. And that jab is is not as fast or or uh uh. uh you know, um, hard that, like, when you start, you know, when you start, he, he doesn't have a lot of consistency because he relies a lot uh, uh, um his right hand to, to do the the job. You know what I'm saying? And I, and, I, and I believe also that the fact that he, was, he wasn't able to knock me out, I know it's, that's in the back of his mind. And, you know, just like when I fought every other for the first time, I mean, I tried to knock him out, 
it didn't work. And when I find out I had to fight him again, you know, it plays in your mind. You know what I'm saying? Just to be honest with you, you know, it plays in your mind. And you're like, oh, man, I got to fight this man again. And, you know, he's, you know, he's tough. And I, and I know he's got that in the back of his mind. And he knows he does. He dodged a bullet. He knows I was sick. He knows I wasn't 100%. But this time around, it's, 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 it's a new me. It's a healthy me. It's a 100% me. And to, to to go a little, I guess, off topic, um, really overall about the heavyweight division, another man who for Washington, uh, it was a was a good friend of yours, I would say, very loosely, uh, Big Baby Miller. Uh, what, what did you think about that fight? I just think uh, Washington, you know, was uh, a little bit intimidated by him. Uh, why I don't know. Uh, I I thought that. He was going to put it off. I mean, but the only thing he did was stay in front of uh, of uh, uh, Miller, uh, which if Washington would have came out like he came out with Wilder, against a tall guy, which is more easy to do that with a uh, a shorter guy, I think he would have he would have prevailed. But that's not what he did. So you know, unfortunately, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, uh, he wasn't able to to uh, to do do the job. And another question I have is, you know, obviously heavyweight division is really heating up. Um, you know, we got Anthony Joshua. Um, obviously, you're going to be fighting uh, Wilder. Um, you know, Big Baby Miller obviously has that win uh, against Joe Washington. If you were to, you know, obviously become the the, the victor of this uh, fight with Wilder. Who would be on your radar? Would you be looking to take that place to fight Joshua? Would you like to settle a score with uh, Big Baby Miller? What would be the next for Stavon after this? Right now, this this fight with Robert is so personal that I can't think past that. It is it is a fight that's very personal to me, and I I can't and I don't want to think about anything past it. I have a job to to to, to do, and I plan on doing it. I plan on execute what we're working on. You know, there's a lot of frustration, a lot of pain that we've built, that built up the past three years, and uh, uh, this is what I'm going to uh, 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 make him feel. So when it comes to anything past him, um, I cannot give you the answer. Understood. Understood, Roberto. Well, listen, I, I appreciate it. We're looking forward to the rematch. And uh, as a man of Haitian descent, I wish you all the best of luck, my friend. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, Robert, whenever you're ready. Are you there? All right. Um, thank you. Bermaine, I just have a few questions for you. Um, going into this fight with uh, Deontay expecting to fight Ortiz and um, obvious issues with that not happening, um, do you think that maybe, especially with you being a different fighter this time around, do you think that he may be underestimating you and you can use that as your advantage, being that everybody really is considering you to be a big underdog this time around? Uh, 
I think we lost Brain. Oh, no. I hope you didn't think my last of the questions was the end of the interview. Well, it looks like it was. Well, sorry, Rob. Okay. Oh, man. I should have gone ahead and introduced you, Rob. I'm sorry about that. I'm, usually we go back to Lucas and then Lucas introduced. I didn't, I didn't know if it was a segue. I didn't know if I was, yeah. if if it went dead. I didn't know. And I, I uh, did we, technically, but I was on mute, so <laughs> nobody heard what I was saying. Um, I try to mute myself whenever we're doing interviews. That way I don't, you know, you can't hear background noise or me breathing heavily into the mic or something weird, so... Um, so that was my fault too, guys. I apologize. Um, but we'll uh, that, that being send said, a thank you out to Bermain because we didn't really even say thank you before it was over. But go ahead, Ruff. That being said, Jules, what are your thoughts on this fight? Oh my gosh, um, the Haitian in me, you know, obviously. Is, is you know wants Bermain to do well. Um, the boxing aficionado uh, in me, um, you know, it, it, I think that it's a tough sell. You know, I will say that. I mean, um, I feel like you know the fight between Wilder and Bermain was competitive for the first few rounds, and then after it just was really a one-sided show. Um, you know, for Wilder, and it, it, it's a really tough, um, you know, sell, but I do understand the business. I mean, really, when it all comes down to it, and it's no offense to Bermain, um, it, it's really just a setup for um, for Wilder to fight Joshua, right, because they're fighting back-to-back weekends, um, you know, on Showtime, and obviously pushing that fight for next year. Am I going to watch it? You know, 100% I will. You know me. I'm a boxing fan. I'm going to watch two guys uh, go at it. But do I believe that it's going to be a competitive matchup? To be honest with you, I, I don't know. Um, you know, one thing I was going to ask Bermain, I forgot, was, you know, Bermain has had a, a little bit of a layoff. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I, I don't remember. I, did he fight this year? I don't, I don't even know if he fought, fought this year. No, he had a... The scheduled fight that got canceled due to his opponent testing positive. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember that. So, um, you know, obviously ring rust is a thing. You know, we we all know it. And uh, you know, Wilder he has been active. That's one thing you got to say about Wilder. He has been active, and I think that that's going to come into play in terms of you know you know the fight and. Um, it's it's tough. It's tough. I mean, if you're asking me who's going to win, I mean, logically, you know, I'm, I'm going to say Wilder, you know, but, you know, obviously uh, for, for, my, for my fellow Haitian, you know, of course I'm going to be uh, hoping he does his best. Yeah. I mean, it, the first one was still entertaining, I thought. Um, other people didn't think so. It just really depends. But um, me, I like the first fight, and if he puts up that kind of a fight against Wilder when he's sick, um, and it wasn't just sick. I mean, he was dehydrated on top of it. That can only mean that it, we're in for a good show. 
Um, not to mention he was able to stand on his feet the whole time. Absolutely. Wilder, you, Wilder usually ends up in there uh, four rounds, knock somebody out cold. Um, now, he hasn't been doing that as of late. So is it something that, guys, maybe his power is overrated due to his competition? No, Luke. I mean, Riley, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm going to take this one real quick and obviously pass it on to you. Definitely not. I feel like uh, he's, what, 35 and, what, 33 knockouts? I believe I could, I could be wrong. But, um, you know, I, I don't think 38 so. 38 and 37. Yeah, I, I really don't think so. I think that, um, you know, Wilder is the real deal. I mean, you know, there, there are times where no matter how big of a puncher you are, you know, guys are going to be over to tw- go go to twelve. Mike Tyson is probably the biggest puncher. You know what I mean? That we've seen. Uh, you know, obviously late eighties and nineties, and you know, guys like Tony Tucker. You know, went went the full distance. Bone Crusher Smith went the full distance. Doesn't mean that Tyson's punching power was overrated. You know, it just meant that those guys had really good shins, and you know, were able to take a beating. And I think that's really that's really with 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 Wilder. You know, Wilder. You know, when you have that uh, when you have that high amount of knockouts, you can't say a guy's overrated. You just gotta say, well, you know what? The other guys really had a you know a high tolerance to get beat, <laughs> you know. But he still came for the victory. And even Joe Washington, I mean, Joe Washington was a TKO knockout, no? You know what I mean? So I mean, they they stopped that fight this corner. So I mean, who knows what would happen if they didn't stop that that fight? He probably wouldn't have gotten the, he probably would have gotten the uh, KO. So I, I definitely feel Lucas's power is not uh, overrated. I think that, uh, you know, Bermain has a very underrated chin. And um, I think with this fight, with Wilder's second fight, I'm really hoping him and his team are really working on head movement. Because that's one thing, you know, I've seen with Wilder. Wilder, um, you know, he, he, he fights a little funny going backwards. You know what I mean? Going backwards is not his thing. And if you have that kind of head movement, you know, making a miss – because, you know, let's, let's be honest with you, I like Wilder a lot, but, you know, from a mechanical standpoint, he's not the most technical heavyweight we've ever seen. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I think that if, yeah, I think that if, you know, Bermain and his team working on some head movement and not going straight ahead, I think he could really cause some problems for, for Deontay. And what do you guys think about uh, Bermain also saying that, uh, He's not the hardest puncher he's faced. And I'm sorry, Rob. Go ahead with what you were saying. Well, and just that statement alone, Bermain has been in in some tough fights with uh, heavyweights, especially Chris Ariola. And I don't necessarily think that Deontay really – he didn't feel Deontay's power that much because it was a different style fight. It was a fight mainly um, where there was a lot of boxing involved. It was our first introduction to Deontay Wilder, the boxer. And I remember, Lucas, you saying that was the first time you actually realized he could really box. And that's when everybody did realize that he had uh, good boxing skills after that uh, Stavern fight, that that first fight. My my thing with it in this fight is, is that I believe that um, you're going to see, you, we have seen a different Wilder. That Wilder that we saw in that first fight was really him coming to of age in the heavyweight division. He's learned a lot since then. 
um, the Vern coming off of a layoff and some, you know, some disappointments in his career. I think that it's more he's more keen for a loss in this fight, if anything, a knockout. I think Deontay was really geared towards a bigger fight with Ortiz, and let's be honest, that is a bigger fight than Stavern at this point. And and he's real disappointed in the fact that he doesn't have that fight, so he knows he's going to need to show something big in this one to draw the crowd because just like it, um, Jules is saying, this one is to go for after Joshua next year, but they have to build a crowd for that. They really have to build a big crowd for that because they want it to be one of the bigger, if not the biggest, fights to be named for next year. And in order to do that, they both have to continue to show that they can not only win, but win big. So I think that that, uh, his power definitely is still there, and, and, you know, he will be able to show it in this fight. That being said, I still don't like certain things about Deontay Wilder, though. He's not, uh, in my in my book, he is not a Joshua caliber fighter. He's not a Klitschko even caliber of a fighter yet. He has a lot of confidence and he instills a lot of confidence in himself, but there's a lot lacking, and that's primarily because of how late he started in boxing. He, he doesn't fit the mold to me of a real boxer yet. A real star-studded boxer. Elite star-studded boxer. He doesn't fit that category in in my book. He has power, yes. He has physical attributes, yes. He knows how to use it. Like he said, he knows how to use his God-given talent, but is that going to be enough? Good question. I don't know. I I think the uh, the second fight is is going to be much better than the first, guys. Um, now I know it, it wasn't necessarily a complete blowout, but the the scores were a little wide. Uh, I think it's going to be much closer this time around. Um, we'll do more like the predictions and, and breakdown as it goes on and as it gets closer. Um, however, I did rewatch the fight before we uh, interviewed Stavern, and I got to say. You know, there were some articles that were out there that said he was never in the fight, and I don't know. He's he rocked uh, Wilder to his core more than one, uh, especially with that big left hook. And Wilder doesn't necessarily be using his his height and his reach at all times. Um, however, when he did start backing up, he did use it well. So, um, Stavern's definitely gonna have to uh, come up with a game plan to better cut off the ring this time if. Uh, he does start to use his movement more. Yeah, and I, and I agree. And and that's where, why I believe he didn't feel any power from the first fight because they didn't go into close court, close quarters like they that. They didn't go toe to toe like like he did with Ariola, is what you're saying? Yeah, he needs that. He didn't really, didn't really plant his feet like like they were. They were planted the whole time and just rock 'em sock 'em robust. I think with Stavron, he's he's got to realize that if he wants to get inside of Wilder, or rather get inside, you know, to to to, to go toe to toe with Wilder, you know, he he's gonna have to use as much head movement as he can, you know. And as you said, Lucas, he's gonna have to cut off the ring, but he's got to make Wilder uncomfortable. 
that's that's the whole thing. He's got to make Wilder uncomfortable in that fight to the point where, you know, Wilder is not able to move back. You know, as soon as Wilder moves back, Stavern has to move right with him. You know, you know what I mean? He's got to make Wilder right. uncomfortable. And, and that's the thing about Wilder. Wilder, obviously, one thing we, we, we can say is that the dude is a freaking athlete. You know what I mean? The dude is a freaking athlete. He's strong. And as we said, he, you know, he's got power. Once he uses that range and he has that space, you know, he, he's, look, he's looking to, 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 to end it. And I think that with Stavern, as you said, Lucas, in the first fight, when he was rocking uh, Deontay Wilder with that left hook, that's because he was able to get inside and get in close. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If he can just do that, you know, for, for, for 12 rounds, and, you know, obviously go with the head movement and make Deontay Wilder uncomfortable, we, we must sit upset. Exactly. He kind of wants to do the opposite of what boxers normally do. You know, you say uh, to most fighters, you want to get in, get off, and get out. And to be honest, it's quite the opposite with what Stavern needs to do against a guy like Wilder. He wants to get in, stay in, bounce out enough to get his own shots off, but then get back in enough to smother Wilder's power. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, when you have a tall guy like Wilder, you know, we, we all know the taller fighters, Klitschko, you know, was like that as well. It's really all about leverage. You know, it, it's all about leverage with those guys. They, they know how to use their height very well. You know, case in point, um, one fight that it always comes to mind where I said, wow, Klitschko looks very, very awkward was when he fought David Hay. Granted, David Hay didn't do anything, but, you know, when David Hay was moving and, and jerking, Klitschko was, you know, very hesitant because he couldn't plant his feet and use his reach. And that's, in my opinion, kind of Stavern has to be obviously more aggressive and more effective than Hay was. But he needs to, to move and make Wilder uncomfortable, you know, so he can't plant. And then as soon as Wilder is going backwards, Stavern's in his face and Wilder's like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? I have no room to punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's what needs to happen. Um, now, you guys, uh, we also recently heard another heavyweight rematch sign, um, which is Tony Bellew and, and David Hay. Um, would you like to see the winner of these two fight each other? So the winner of Stavern Wilder faces the winner of Hay, or do you think there's b- bigger fish to fry for the winner of Stavern Wilder? Well, Cap, if this is you. Well, say what? With, with me, there's big, there's bigger fish to fry. Um, there's there's bigger heavyweights in the game right now. David Hay has had his time, limited time at that. <clears throat> I would not be interested in seeing him against an elite, the elite of the elite, so to speak, in the heavyweight division. Um, Blue, um, to be honest. You know, he's just now coming in the game, just now at heavyweight. I kind of think of him like an automatic type of fighter, you know, who may who may be able to get some top-notch fights, may, may be even able to, to fight for a title, but will not be able to have enough skills or, or anything to take of a heavyweight title. Um, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in these young guns, Joseph Parker, Anthony Joshua, big maybe big baby Miller, even Ortiz in there because I really don't feel like this, like like this P 
PED suspension or if he gets a suspension or anything, I don't think he should. I don't feel like this is a legitimate cause, being that he didn't test positive for no PEDs. So I would like to see okay. those guys fight. Okay. And that's that's understandable. Um, now, I, because you did touch on I want to switch to that subject. Do we buy into Ortiz's excuse? On what the uh, what he would test positive for? Just, just I would like to say, being at the age that he is in, in the sport that he is in, and the type of body shape that he has, yes, he very well could have high blood blood pressure. I'm 37. I have high blood pressure right now. So yeah, I absolutely believe it's blood pressure medicine. I I I don't discredit that at all. That being said, though, they do have a point on the other side, being as you have an opportunity, you have a chance to tell them all the medications that you're on, and that should have been disclosed. And that's the only thing that that I don't understand, other than the fact that he he might not have known the rules. He might not have understood it, you know, being that. But I definitely believe, given his age, body shape, in all of those things, he definitely could be taking blood pressure medicine. Definitely. I mean, some things do slip through the cracks or, you know, just slip your mind. So um, I was actually going to say I do believe him. Um, I think he has this natural power. Everybody has, uh, you know, kind of given him a lot of crap now, saying that basically he's just a ped user, but it wasn't a performance-enhancing drug that he was caught for anyway. So um, I, I firmly believe him. Let's uh, we talk something about other than the heavyweight division now. I uh, want to move to something that sparked a little bit of uh, interest in our social media. Um, would you guys want to see Conor McGregor in another boxing event? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I love other no way. I, I think um, listen. You know, let's be honest here. Let's 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 keep it real. And you know, to all the you know Conor McGregor fans, I like Conor McGregor. I watched him for a while too. As you guys know, I like MMA also. But let's be honest. This was a money grab. This was a money grab fight. This was never meant to be competitive. You know, it was meant to be entertaining. You know what I mean? It got all the celebrities out. It got everybody talking. But this was this was a money grab. And everybody knows in boxing, okay, everyone knows this. Mayweather carried McGregor. He carried McGregor. It's no if, ands, or buts about it. Because Mayweather has never, ever fought that recklessly in his life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Against any other, any other of his opponents. He's never fought that way. You know, he, he, he went in with, you know, with a high guard, no jab. You know, he was just... I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, he was taking shots. You know, he was smiling in the corner. He he carried uh, McGregor. And the thing about it is, is that with McGregor, we saw the difference between boxing striking and MMA striking. And I tell people this all the time. When you're doing MMA striking, the reason why those guys don't have power through their legs is because they have more things to worry about. They have to worry about leg kicks. They have to worry about takedowns. So they don't use kinetic linking 
the way that boxers do because boxers don't have to worry about getting taken down or kicked to the legs. So people are like, oh, right, look at these punches McGregor hitting him. It, it didn't phase Mayweather because there was nothing behind it. You know what I mean? He doesn't know how to punch like a boxer. He knows how to strike like an MMA guy. So you take a guy, you know, who really wants to, you know, you take a guy like Eric Spence against McGregor, who's like, listen, I'm not carrying you. He's going to knock him out in like two rounds. If that. You know what I mean? It, it, I, it shouldn't happen. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, he got a lot of money. Good for him. I'm happy for him. But I, I don't want to see him fight. And boxing. There are too many guys in the MMA. There's a boxing show, so I'm not going to get into that. But there's too many guys in the, in the UFC uh, that I'd rather see him fight than go back to boxing. You know, um, I'm kind of torn myself. I'm kind of torn because he talks so much shit about boxing that I kind of want him to at least pay up for all the crap he's been talking. Uh, I want him to see him get beat by a guy like Pauli Malignaggi who... Um, he supposedly, you know, did all this stuff too in, in sparring and they still haven't released the video. And I know there's video out there of the whole thing. Um, then we reached the, the section that makes it look like, you know, he dropped him hard and all this. And he, he, he's got a good editing team. I mean, basically it's all it seems like to me. Um, so part of me wants him to, to pay up for, and, and cash the check that his mouth has written. However... I also don't want him to make any more money off of the sport of boxing. Um, okay. So I, I, like I said, I'm torn. Rob, what's your thoughts on it? Okay, so then I'm going to argue with both of you guys then. Were you not entertained? Were you not entertained through the whole thing, the whole fiasco, all of those press I was, conferences, the world tours? Were you not with entertained the fight, no. by that? With the fight, as soon with as the I fight saw, even, the fight even, like, even no, with the fight no, even, I was entertained. And I'll tell you this, Jules, because when up. McGregor, when McGregor landed the left or the the uppercut, right, that that uh, that kind of an uppercut from a boxer would have actually hurt or stunned Floyd or at least backed him off. When Mayweather could walk through it like it was a fly. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and now I'm not worried ever again about what McGregor can do in a boxing ring. So the rest of it, to me, after that uppercut was just, I knew he was going to lose. It's just a matter of time. And there's no more threat in an actual upset at all. So here's but the, the surrounding and the, the big event of the whole thing, sure, yeah. I mean, the press conferences was hilarity. I mean... There was obviously funny things. Um, I think McGregor won the press conference, if that matters. Um, but, no, I, I don't want to see him so fight Mayweather or any big. I want to see him actually fight somebody that's more of a, a lower-ranked guy or maybe a middle-ranked guy, you know. Well, somebody even coming out of retirement like a Malinaji. Yeah, yeah Polly would be Polly would be a great fight for him coming up next. Um, I wouldn't even mind seeing him against Canelo. Hell, that would be that would be seriously entertaining, considering all the hype that we go through about that. That would be seriously entertaining. Oh man, one now, round. Let me, Are you one round. let me let me get this out, okay? Because okay, nobody's bad. touched on this with the other inside information. So Connor re- released that it was a ten million dollar fine. That's what he was facing for, even lifting, they said, even the referee said, even lifting his leg up 
he was going to take a point or give him a warning. So that that right there, there was a t- that was the fine was ten million dollars if he insinuated. Even they said if he insinuated an MMA move, it was a ten million dollar fine. Uh, so that being said, you know you can't even lift your leg up, stuff like that. That's the type of pressure he was facing in that. Not to mention the fact that the referee was always already on him through the whole fight, and we all know Mayweather loves to hold. And you know, in MMA, when you hold or anything like that, they're used to clinching and being able to get shots off in there. So it was a different um, atmosphere for him, especially with a guy like Mayweather, who's well protected in the ring. We all know that. So would it be entertaining? Yes, it would absolutely be entertaining. And then against a guy who's more of a fighter than a boxer, it would could even have the potential of being even more entertaining. And what we did not get to see, being that Connor is a protected UFC fighter, they want to protect their asset there for UFC fights, but if he's going to be able to make that kind of money in boxing, it, wouldn't you love to see him in a brawl in the boxing ring? That would be an awesome thing to see if you could see your actual physical boxing fist fight, so to speak. So so you're wanting would, to see McGregor Kirk you're wanting to see McGregor Kirkland. Absolutely. 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 Um, Rob, you try you uh, try to get Conor McGregor killed. You're, you're trying to yeah. you try you try, you try to get him killed. You, you, you have to understand I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> go ahead, uh, Lucas. No, no, you take it, take it. Now, without, and this is the thing, Rob, what I'm going back to, and, and I keep reiterating it, Mayweather is, is a businessman more than he's a boxer now. And, not, and I'm not discrediting him. It's discrediting him. And what I mean by that, he understood, listen, if I freaking beat, you know, McGregor in, inside like three, four rounds, right, people are going to be like, I didn't get my money's worth. You know what I mean? Because, you know, he's even said on the interview, I believe it was with Stephen A. Smith or someone else, and he's, it's kind of like he's making up for the Pacquiao fight. You know what I mean? Where it was a, it was a big fight, um, and it was a massive letdown. People were complaining about it. So mm-hmm. the businessman, the businessman of Mayweather said, "You know what? I can't give this. I can't give this guy a boxing lesson for twelve rounds." And he goes to the decision. Are you kidding me? I'm being crucified. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me go in there. Get, get this peak, you know, he had the peekable guard like he was Vicky Wright. You know, I I never seen Mayweather. I mean, he, he damn near had his chin up at, at one point. You know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. And that's what you have to understand. Other boxers, they're not going to think of it from a business standpoint. They're going to think of it from an ego standpoint. Oh, you're coming to my sport? And you think you're going you to go to distance with me? No. It's not going to happen. And Spence is not going to make this guy go 12 rounds. Kirkland's not going to make this guy go 12 rounds. You know, Triple G, Canelo, those guys are not taking that 12 rounds. They're going to knock him out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. And then it's, it's going to be like, what's the play? Yeah, I, I, I see GGG just dropping his hands and just letting him tee off on him and then just knocking him out. Um, I, I see what you're saying, Rob, as far as maybe he could come back and he will come back to to fight again in boxing just because he's not as restricted there's possibly more money. He can fight a Pacquiao. He can fight a Canelo and make an, another huge, huge payday. 
probably more than what he can make in the UFC unless he fights like a George St. Pierre or something incredible, you know, in, in the MMA world. Whereas he has more options in boxing, could come back and make a lot more money. Um, I mean, really, he could go on, face Pacquiao, lose that, then go and face Canelo, lose that. He can be 0-3 as a fighter, but make a hell of a lot of money doing it. Oh, absolutely. Listen, there, McGregor from a businessman is a freaking marketing genius. We're not, we're not taking that away from him. You know what I mean? You've you got to give that his credit. And I think, you know, to your point, Lucas, there's so many guys, you know, in the UFC he fight you for that can, if he loses to, you know what I mean, it can decrease his stock. You know, he's, he's one and one with Nate Diaz. You know what I mean? He had a very, very, exactly. very, very close fight with Max Holloway. You know what I mean? Those are guys, you know, exactly. if he can beat. Those are guys that can beat him. You know what I'm saying? So if he gets beat by those guys, his star power in boxing is going gonna, is gonna to eradicate. You know what I'm saying? So he's right. going to be able to command that kind of money. But if, as you said, he fights a Pacquiao, you know, he fights a, 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 a Canelo, you know what I mean? And not taking a loss in the UFC, and again, he, he can make another big payday. Right. So he fights three legends, loses all of them, but the UFC fans don't care because it's not his sport, supposedly, so they're still going to back him and still watch him. He has all those UFC fans already on top of the boxing fans that are still intrigued by this whole MMA versus UFC deal, or I'm sorry, MMA versus boxing deal. So he's going to get a lot of fans off this. Um, so, I mean, really, he is marketing genius. And honestly, if I was him and his team, I would advise him to do whatever boxing you're going to do now, get that out of the way, come back to the MMA. Or at least take slightly easier fights in MMA because you do not want to risk that loss. You, you risk losing again, your, your value goes down, like you said. <clears throat> now, I, I like how that's, called that's out Canelo. Let's, let's be honest. It was a draw between Canelo and Golovkin, but he calls out Canelo simply for the fact that it is more fan-based. I didn't hear him drop Golovkin's name. Nobody's uh, eager to get in there with Golovkin. Canelo, yeah, because you're going to get beat up and get a payday. Golovkin doesn't necessarily have as big as a fan base, so you're just really going to get beat the hell up. It's not for free or anything, but <laughs> you still get paid. And, and it won't be $100 million. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 hear, I hear his whole thing. I mean, if you're going to take a beating, you might as well do it for freaking, you know, uh, how many figures. Which leads me into the next topic, guys. Golovkin was named. Sorry, Rob, were you saying something? Those those pay-per-view numbers still have yet to come out. Anybody else find that? Yeah. Weird? Yeah, they never really released a official number. Um, I think there was some problems with getting an accurate uh, rating. So maybe we'll hear. Maybe we'll never hear. I yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I know I, mean, it well, I think it did well over two million, I believe. Yeah, it definitely did over two million. I remember reading that uh, it did six million buys, which is was just ridiculous. But I'm I'm sure it did like over mm-hmm. two mil. It did, and it was the third biggest um, gate in boxing. Which is saying so a that, lot. That, that's saying a lot. 
That's saying a lot. Yeah, that's saying a lot. Yeah, that's saying a lot. The sport of boxing is is going strong in 2017. I want to say that it's been a fucking huge year for boxing. Uh, sorry for the f bomb drop there for any of our uh, listeners there on iTunes. Please don't ban us. <laughs> um, but uh, as I was going into the Golovkin, I uh, was named Rings Pound for Pound number one. Um, agree or disagree? Uh, Rob, I believe you're going to disagree, so I want to hear what you have to say first. <laughs> it's my turn that I get to go on a rant thing. Yeah, do, but do you know, try to keep it somewhat yeah. short. <laughs> how? How? How is Andre Ward not number one? How? How How are you going to do my boy Andre Ward like that? How? Oh, well, no, Andre is Ward's co- retired, sir. It, He's retired. But... This was the He's not on list boxer of the this this the boxer of the year, correct? I'll give him boxer of the year award. Okay, what, 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 but uh, what was I'm this, not giving him pound for pound. Retired. Just... We're talking we're talking active fighters here, right? Oh, okay. Is that your so only number one? Is that your only uh, discretion with with Golovkin being number well, one? I still I still I still don't think he's number one pound for pound. Being as if he was, he would have. He would have beat Canelo concisively, more more concisively. Um, it, it was a draw. I don't think that he dominated that fight at all. In fact, in the second time that I scored it, I had Canelo winning. So I don't want to choose him as number one pound for pound. I think there are other better fighters out there. However, he is in the top five, and any any people out there can actually flip the top five any way you want to is that close right now. So I can't argue with that decision, but I don't have him as number one. I'm gonna I'm gonna argue with your own reasoning. Who do you have for your top five? Terrence Crawford, number one. Okay. Um You don't have to even give him an order if you don't want to. I just need the, the five names. Well I have Terrence Crawford. Um, okay, let me, let me ask you this. Do you have Golovkin and do you have Canelo in your top five? I have uh, I have Golovkin in my top five. Canelo is right outside. Right outside. That that's my argument. Is you have two of the guys that are in the top though, in the in the top fighting each other. The only other place you're going to get that is. Rigo uh, versus Lomachenko, which we're going to get to in here in just a second. No, but... Lomachenko is not in my book, pound for pound. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a second, but I'm saying you have two of the guys that are considered pound for pound. That fight winner should be a top pound for pound contender, if not the yeah, there is top no for pound, winner. pound for pound guy. That's my issue. There wasn't there a winner, was no but winner. there was. I think... I think 90% of media and 90% of fans saw Golovkin win the fight. Now, the first time I watched it, I agree, I did see it a lot wider for Golovkin. I rewatched I still saw Golovkin win, but it was a close fight. However, I respect Ring Magazine because lately they've been, and they're owned by Oscar De La Hoya, mind you, that they're saying, screw with what the judges said, Golovkin won the fight. He's one number one pound for pound. And I'm not a big fan of Ring Magazine, but I give them props for that. 
but then then again they that serves their purpose right there because it gives Canelo more motivation for this rematch. That's that. And kudos for them there on doing that because you're motivating your fighter to at least do better. Although I don't think he can. You don't think he can. So you expect uh, kind of the same fight in the rematch then? I mean, because just with Jules, if he if he wants to win the fight, it has to be in the middle of the ring, the whole twelve rounds, and he can't do it. He can't do it. I uh, don't believe he can. I kind of agree with you. He likes to sit on the ropes. He likes to take his little breaks, and and you can't do that with a guy like Golovkin. But all he has to do is try a little bit harder because this was a pretty close fight. Um, definitely wasn't a eighteen to one ten, but we're not going to go on that ramp again. Um, but if he doesn't sit on the ropes just a little bit, not as much, maybe, you know, work an extra round in or two, he can come away and edge, edge out a victory. Um, whether the fans I mean, here or not will be a different story. I don't mind him coming off the ropes in the way that he did when he was able to land shots, but you can't stay there like he did. Once he landed those shots yeah. and he stopped Golovkin dead in his track, he stayed on the ropes, letting Golovkin mount a comeback, making him even look more powerful. No, if if you're gonna if you're gonna you start in the center of the ring, you dominate there. If you go to the ropes, you land that combination and you quickly work your way off of it. That's that's simple. Well, you know what it is though, Rob. That that was fatigue. Because yeah, and I'm not saying Canelo yeah. is out of shape. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Canelo you know, Canelo, in my opinion, was just like Jacobs. Uh they fought their ass off. You know what I mean? You know, um, against Triple G. And it, it's tough, you know, when you are moving, you're hitting this guy with the biggest shots of your life. You know, I mean, Canelo, had, he dropped guys with those shots that he was hitting Triple G with. And Triple G is, 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 you know, he keeps coming with that pressure. You know what I mean? Not only is that physically tiring, it mentally did something to Canelo. You know, Canelo... Believe it or not, in my opinion, Canelo was kind of in the same boat that Chavez Jr. was against him. You know, when Chavez Jr. said, oh, shit, I can't hurt this guy, you know what I mean? Not saying Canelo didn't fight, because obviously Canelo did. But I think that mentally, it frustrated him, saying, I'm hitting this guy with the shots. I mean, there was a point where he hit Canelo with a flush right hand that would have freaking sent, I mean, any of the fighter probably would have been dropped. And Triple G, his, you know, his neck snapped, and he was right back, putting Canelo in the ropes. And I think that's what that was. I mean, Canelo fought hard, and, you know, he was moving a lot. And I think that, that style of boxing is just not what he's used to. And that's the reason why, you know, I think, you know, Lucas, to your point, you're saying, he, you know, he's got to do a little more. You know, does he have the stamina for that? You know, that's never really been his style of boxing. You know, and um, mm-hmm. with a guy like Triple G that really put constant pressure on Canelo. I've never seen a fighter put so much pressure on Canelo. He would not let Canelo off the hook. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the reason why for so much movement, you know, with Canelo, he looked exhausted. He looked really, really tired. Yeah, guys, I mean, even to just the the fans, like, I I was at a cancer benefit uh, for my my wife, uh, my wife's dad, my father-in-law, and keep in mind, you know, you're at a bar. I I paid for the bar to have it, 
So everybody there was watching, um, a lot of people there, and everybody saw Golovkin win. Now, keep in mind, it's at a bar, so we couldn't actually hear once it was announced. But usually they introduced the winner first, and they were talking to Golovkin first. So we were like, okay, so Golovkin won. Everybody was okay with this. And then I go to, to go to the bathroom uh, in the urinal, and on my way there, I had saw that you guys were talking and saying that uh, Golovkin actually had a draw with Canelo. And I said that out loud. I was like, bullshit, that was a draw? The guy next to me was like, what the? <laughs> that was no draw. So then he goes out into the bar and, like, stops the bar and is like, hey, guys, that was a draw. And then everybody, like, lost their minds. Like, no one thought it was a draw. No one thought Canelo won at all. Like, so that's, that's kind of where I was coming from. It was so blatantly just a Golovkin-looking fight the first time around. Now, you cannot go back and score it, but, yeah, I know it's just a room full of drunks, but that is the public opinion. That's how they saw this fight. Okay. Well, my thing with it is, and and that this all leads me to my question like, like this to Jules, do they not want to go out there and knock the other guy out anymore then? Seriously. I, mean, I, I don't think that they didn't try, man. I mean, they, they were still they throwing bombs. If there's an issue with stamina, especially when you're giving it that all, all that you have in the way that Jacobs did, all that you had in the way that Canelo did, and you're mentally, physically, spiritually, you're exhausting yourself there. Why not do it trying to get the knockout? Why not at least go to knock the guy out? And by doing that, then Canelo would have to fight in the center of the ring or he would have to fight off the back foot on the ropes with power, with with purpose. And that's what I didn't see in that fight from either guy. And Golovkin doesn't have to because he's that much more of a physical presence in the ring. So... That's the issue right there is that Canelo's not going to do that, and that's why it looks bad for him in the, in this matchup. Either way, you spin it. Hmm. And, I mean, that that's kind of – you know why, though, that they don't go for the knockout as much because then you're more likely also to get knocked out. Um, but you're going to lose, in my opinion, you're already up against it. You're going to you're going to lose either way. This time around, right? Even but what's your worse? You're going to get reminded for a loss for maybe you know one or two points on a scorecard, or you're going to get remembered for you know being unconscious with your eyes open. Now this is detrimental to your health and to your career. So. Trust me, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. Some people have that I-don't-give-a-shit attitude like Oturo Gotti going in there throwing the bombs and saying, you're going to knock but me I don't out, even I'm going to knock you, need you out. I don't even think you need that. You need the confidence to say, I'm not going to get knocked out. I'm going to knock him out. And that's what separates the, the great from from the good. Melo's good now. He's good, but he's not great. But on the flip side, I think we also have to, you know, kind of realize that a lot of fighters, you know, they, they know, um, you know what, if I try to go for the knockout, 
you know what I mean, there's a possibility I'll get sloppy and get knocked out. You know what I mean? And um, <laughs> if you look at, if you, if you really look at Triple G, Triple G, and rightly so, he showed a lot of respect to Canelo. You know, no matter even if he felt he was the bigger or the more physical fighter, Canelo, you know, still hits hard. I think, Rob, to your point, I don't think that Canelo wasn't trying to knock out Triple G. I think what happened was he saw that Triple G was taking his shots, eating them, you know what I mean, <laughs> digesting those shots, you know, and Canelo said, you know what, I'm not going to knock him out. I think a lot of fighters know when they they have the ability to knock out a fighter and when they can't. And when another mm-hmm. fighter just takes your best shot, spits on it, and keeps coming forward, smiling, shaking his head, you know what I mean? Because I, I am convinced that um, that uh, Triple G is a masochist. That he has a he's a blunt sportsman. He he likes he likes he likes to take a beating. I I really think he gets pleasure out of, out of taking a beating. I really do because he was really like laughing and smiling and you know just really like yeah I like this. And I think Canelo right. saw that and fight. he said you, yeah absolutely right. yeah I mean that's the thing I like fighting. Like I mean, that could mean anything. I like yeah you like but but yeah you know but there's you a know, difference that, between that look there's a difference between that look and the look he had on him when Kale Brook was hitting him because it was much faster much more combination. I agree. Well, that so, look that look on point. Triple G's face. You know face, what? And I, that, I think I think it was the accuracy also. Like Brook's shots were really right. well placed. Um, right. And Canelo was able to surprise him a couple of times, but it, I don't know. It didn't have But it's not effect. enough. It's not enough. That's the issue. It's yeah. not enough. It's not accurate enough. But you He's can't not tell me. Enough. You can't tell me that shot. And I, I have a video of the shot I'm talking about on Facebook. Um, that right hand. Where Canelo just, yeah, that right hand man, he, where he was blocking and he came out of the block and just, I mean, he put everything he had into that form. Yep, and that was, was Lucas, no that's the shot I'm talking about. At all. That's the shot but I'm talking was, about. Nothing. But it was one and yeah, shot. I mean, when you eat a shot one like that, shot. After, that's that the issue. after that, Canelo was already, I mean, probably well before that, too. Canelo was already sure he couldn't knock him out. But after that, it was in granite, written in because stone was, tablets. I cannot knock out Gennady Golovkin. Because of I watched that fight. Yeah, I watched that fight in the movie theater. I watched that fight in the movie theater, and when he when he landed that shot, right, everybody was going oh, and I I said to my friend, my friend was next to me, I said that was it. I said that was Canelo's best shot. I I, mm-hmm. I said it that yeah. was Canelo's best shot. I said that's it. I said Triple G, and I thought he was going to win that fight because I said you know what he just took Canelo's best shot. And mm-hmm. I think from then on, Canelo knew. Right. That's the shot that knocked out Amir Khan. That's the shot that knocked out James Kirkland, but that's the shot that Gennady Golovkin ate like it was morning breakfast. I mean, he, right. it's, it's no nothing on Gennady Golovkin. And, and we're getting off topic, I guess. I don't really want to – I didn't really want to go into discussing uh, Golovkin, Canelo so much, but I think it was just that good of a fight that – we want to see the second one already. I, I wish it was already Cinco de Mayo so that we could be talking about it and, uh, you know, on the verge of this fight again. Um, but I did want to at least discuss where is that pound. I'm glad we got that out of the way, a little sidetrack. Uh, we digress. But back to topic also on a uh, pound-for-pound number one. Um, and should 
the winner surpassed Golovkin. Uh, and I'm talking about, of course, Guillermo Rigondeaux versus Vasil Lomachenko. Um, guys, these are two amazing, amazing fighters. Huge props to Rigo for taking this fight, coming up two weight classes to take on Lomachenko. Um, we're not doing predictions. I simply want to know, do you guys think the winner should be number one pound for pound? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's quiet. It's quiet. But... No. 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 Uh, if it's Rigging you, you, you have to lay If it's no. If it's Lomachenko, no. Not number one. <laughs> not number one. You know what? <laughs> Hold, on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me say something. Uh, Rigan, I use there your is own, a video. Let me uh, say theory. something. There is a video out there from Lomachenko. The man himself said, I am too young and too too uh, I'm too young and too far away to even be top ten t- pound for pound. Lomachenko said it himself, and even with him winning <laughs> so? against Rigan Diaw, even with him winning against Rigan Diaw, he said it means nothing to me because he came up two weight classes. I'm the bigger fighter. I should win. But if I lose, now he has a point. If I lose, I'm the laughing talk. You know, that's the biggest talk in boxing, if I lose. But if I win, I'm supposed to win. And then he went and said, I'm too, I'm, I'm, I'm not nowhere near close to where I should ever be in the top 10 pound for pound. And he's absolutely right. I mean, he's, he's being humble to a certain degree. He's extremely being humble, humble to a certain being degree. Yeah. He's, 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 he's being very humble. No, he's being very humble. I do also agree with some of the points. I, I do also agree to some of the points. When you come up two weight classes, you kind of have nothing to, to gain and, and all to lose. Um, however, that being said, he's not being beat by some random person that came up two weight classes. Exactly. He's being beat exactly. by, by gold medalists. By uh, Guillermo Rigondeaux, who's wrecked pretty much everybody he's faced. Um, yeah, he's been knocked down before, but I mean, this guy is a world beater, so he is an elite fighter. And for anybody to beat Rigondeaux, um, automatically should put them in pound for pound talks, let alone if they're another pound for pound fighter. Um, I agree with you, though, Rob, that I do think it takes a little bit of steam off of where he should be placed and how you should consider this win, because it is still two weight classes. It does take off some of it, but you can't take it all all of it off of there. You can't just discredit it completely. I mean, it is... No, honestly, you can't, you can't, to be honest with you, you can't discredit it at all. There are a lot of... Hell, uh, Shane Mosley came on two weight classes and beat De La Hoya. You know what I mean? You can't discredit anyone who has that skill, you know what I mean, and, and is able to do it. I mean, you look at... Uh, uh, you know, obviously I'm going way back. You look at Sugar Ray Robinson holding the freaking welterweight and the middleweight title at one time at the both times. You know what I mean? Going up freaking 13 pounds. You know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't diminish whoever faces Ray Robinson at 147, 160. Same thing with, uh, you know, uh, when Sugar Shane Mosley did it. Uh, look, uh, Rob, look at Floyd. You know what I mean? Look at Floyd. Floyd came, what, all the way from 130, you know what I mean, facing guys at 147 and 154. 
You know what I mean? Is his win, is his win, you know, uh, greater as opposed to if those guys were to beat Floyd? You know, same thing with, um, oh, my gosh, uh, Sweepy. Sweepy did that all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't feel that there's, you have to discredit him because Rigondeaux was such a great fighter. Which is why I'm I mean, not discrediting it. But I will place him in the top ten, but not number one. I will I, finally I put him at number ten degree. if he beats Rigging Diaz. I will put okay. him at number ten. That's but fair. Not that, like, <laughs> like number ten. Um, but no, I mean, I, I discredit Win for that too. I discredit um, Marquez' loss to Mayweather. Um, because he put on basically a whole bunch of water weight. I mean, it wasn't, not to mention uh, Mayweather didn't make weight again and then change the weight a second time. But that's neither here nor there. I mean, I, I do think it takes to play into certain times. It just, uh, it's kind of hit and miss. Certain fighters can take the weight better than others. But um, I, regardless, this is one of the most exciting fights of the year. Um, and that's saying a lot because, it's more of a a chess match more than it's going to be something like a Canelo Golovkin, you know what I mean? So it's it's definitely a different style, and I think this is more for a boxing enthusiast, not necessarily oh, for definitely. the common fans. But uh, I am I'm definitely stoked for it. Um, I'm gonna do my best to actually get out to see the fight in person, but we will see how that goes. Um, however. Number one, pound for pound, I, I can definitely see, especially if it's Rigondeaux. Um, I will sing praises about Rigondeaux. Yes, he's been labeled as boring, but that doesn't necessarily matter. You know, you don't have to sell tickets. Uh, Mayweather's called boring all the time. It's just that he's entertaining outside of the ring um, and has a big mouth, whereas Rigondeaux doesn't. <laughs> a little bit more humble. Also, but, well, no, uh, also let, let, let's be honest, you know, Lucas, in, in terms of, I, mean, I don't want to start to, uh, you know, um, turn this into the Mayweather show, but I, I think a lot of people, you know, they forget how phenomenal Mayweather was, you know, at, at a lot of weights. I think we all forget how great he was at, you know, 130, 135, and I think, in my opinion, what you're seeing is obviously his, his you know, his, his uh, ability to, to promote a fight, but it's really just his phenomenal skill level over the years and that puzzle that no one has been able to solve that, you know, has allowed him to, right. to, 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 you know what I mean? To, to be the biggest earner in the sport. Rigondeaux, mm-hmm. Rigondeaux, you know, Rigondeaux, I'm, I'm not going to say he's boring. He's phenomenally technical, but my thing about Rigondeaux is that Rigondeaux, he's, he, he kind of reminds me of like what Law was against Canelo. Right, where, you know, he's really, really wonderful defensively, but offensively we're not seeing anything. And that's what we forget. Floyd is not strictly defense. He'll make you miss, but he's going to make you pay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's the thing about, like, Rigondeaux. Rigondeaux will just make you miss. They were like, oh, wow, that's great defense. You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, we're, we're watching a Cuban Willie Pep. But not taking away anything from him. He's a great fighter. Yeah, but looks definitely definitely agree. I mean, I I think he definitely made Don Air pay. He he kind of put the beating right. to Don Air sometimes uh, during that fight. And I think if he gets a lot bigger names and exposed more, um, and maybe even if he has to put on some kind of fake personality and just be 
you know, that guy that says he's going to beat everybody and he does this under the right spotlight, I think he could turn into a star. But he has to actually go after it and really put on that that show face, in other words. Rob, what are you going to really say? I mean, I agree totally, but I think that Regan Diaw can actually make for a awesome, awesome fight for the ages, given the right opponent, and he has the right opponent because Lomachenko is just as gifted boxing-wise. So I think that the best thing I've ever seen in boxing was when Regan Diaw fought uh, Donaire, and it was oh, at Music City amazing. Hall. Yeah. It, well, it was at Music City Hall, and they played the violin music to their actual boxing moves in the ring. And it actually went well in sync with the violin music that they were playing. And it was the sweetest thing in boxing I've ever seen. Two boxers yeah, actually cool. boxing at a high, fast pace to violin, world-class violin music. I mean, it, it was <laughs> something to see. Yeah, it's something you don't see every day. Uh, one last thing, we need to kind of wrap up the show for the night. Um, now, this is going to be saying a lot, so I'm not expecting it to be a yes. However, you know, with this huge year it's been for boxing, could Rigandell, Momenchenko, be a possible fight of the year candidate? No. No, I think I'm gonna accept that. As no, a I, 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 yeah, I, I, I just don't see. I don't, yeah, it, it'll be. I mean, it's gonna. Be, I, I'm gonna study it actually. That's the. That's what it. To me, that's what it is. It's gonna be probably some of the greatest boxing footwork we're ever gonna see. Defense. I mean, it's gonna be like to guys who really want to see, you know, the beauty of boxing as a science. That's what it's going to be. I mean, I'm literally going to have a notebook and a pen. <laughs> and I'm actually going to study what I see because that's what it's going to be. It, it's not going to be a slugfest. I, I just don't see it. We're not going to get a mini Klitschko Joshua or, you know, we're, we're, just, we're just not getting that kind of fight. It, it's going to be a phenomenal chess match between two counterpunchers, uh, phenomenal movement. I mean, we're going to see as beautiful movement as freaking salsa dancing, in my opinion. But uh, I don't see a slugfest. No, I don't. Yes. Yes, it could. I don't think we've seen a great fight this year. We've had great mind-blowing mm-hmm. matchups. I don't believe we've seen a great fight yet this year. Really? I wow, don't. Rob, you didn't think Joshua versus Klitschko no. was a great fight? Yeah, Josh Klitschko might be the fight right now. The no. only one. I mean, the only one, but it's heavyweight. I thought Glove Can- yeah. Canelo was a good fight, too. But... I, I, yeah, I, I thought that was a good was fight, a not a fight. great fight. I didn't think it was a great mm-hmm. fight. I okay. don't think we've seen so, a great fight. So 2017 yet. wasn't that great of a, of a year for you. but <clears throat> um, Another fight that uh, I'm really excited it was made with Sean Porter versus Adrian Granados. Um, I definitely see fireworks in that fight. I will talk about that a next. little further. We will be having... Go ahead. Next weekend, guys, is a great lineup. Next weekend. But go ahead. I'm sorry. 
That's all right. We're going to be having uh, Adrian Granados on here within the next week or so, just to let everybody know. Um, so definitely follow us on Facebook and on Twitter to keep up to date so you know when the show uh, is going to air. And as always, check out heavybagboxing.com for all your news and updates. Uh, but for Jules and Rob, I want to say a special thank you to Bermains Burn for coming on the show. And we will see you again next time. All right. Hey, Jules. What's going on, Rob? You, y'all know what's next weekend, right? Well, I know it's next weekend. Well, we got the Lubin, right? Erickson Lubin's fighting 